What's up, everyone? Welcome to this day in Philly Sports History for November 21st, 2023. I'm your host, Jim Montgomery. This is like take five, having mic issues today, all fired up on a victory Tuesday. We will have some motivation and positivity here in a minute, but first, the game, 21-17. We did lose our bet. We'll get that out of the way first. We're now 8-5-1 on the year. We had the teaser right with the Eagles with the points. Uh, however, we went 39 and a half. Total came in 38, and I knew I went back and forth about teasing the over up and taking the under. Uh, Should have went with my first instinct, but we're still profitable on the year. Now, let's get into the game. And for all the haters out there, I'm going to give you something to chew on here. Yes, they got lucky. Uh, if Marquez Valdez-Scantley holds on to that ball, it's a completely different game. However, there was still time on the clock. The Eagles had timeouts. They could have gone down, try to kick a field goal to tie it and send it into overtime. But lost in all of this is the fact that they did what good teams do. They find ways to win. They had no business winning this game. No business whatsoever. Zero. Um, I, I mean, the defense played lights out in the second half. I mean, the fact that you shut them down and, I mean, other than the the, the bomb that they missed, I mean, you force them into drops. You, you force turnovers. And it just, uh, I, I don't know, very good defense on that. I mean, it just, they, they did what they needed to do. They held the Kansas City Chiefs to 17 points. Uh, a team that many are picking or picked to repeat as Super Bowl champions, you hold them to 17 points. Uh, you went into their house and beat them. Like that that's what good teams do. Uh, the offense played like absolute dog shit. Um, part of it was Lane, I saw an interview with Lane that they said that it was tough to hear. So some of the sacks and and coverages for the uh, the line that they they had them mixed up like one of the sacks he said they thought was supposed to be a quarterback draw and Jalen went back to pass that led to that uh but you'll have this they overcame the adversity they went into a hostile environment and won that's what good teams do I I, I mean I, I it blows my mind I mean everybody's like oh the, that's what good teams do, and the Eagles are a damn good team. Here we are now in this gauntlet of the schedule, 2-0. and And the offense, like I said, did what they had to do when they needed to do it. I will say the play calling's a little suspect. Um, I, I don't know. It does seem like they, ha- they ran like the same three running plays. And again, I don't know if it looked like that because they were having trouble hearing the signals on the line or what, but it... I mean, they, they they won. I mean, let's I mean call it what it is. They won. Uh, the defense was incredible. Jalen Carter is just a beast. Um, I love the fact that he tried to intercept the spike. Uh, I'm surprised more players or teams don't do that. Apparently, he said, I, I don't know if he saw it on TikTok or Twitter, but he said he saw a high school kid do it and actually intercepted, so he figured why not. Uh, they were all laughing about it in the, in, in the locker room, but... This team is 9 and 1. You don't get to 9 and 1 by accident. It's not a fluke that this team is 9 and 1. They're finding ways to win games. They have not played their best game yet. They've not played a complete game. I mean, they they've played games where the offense was shitty and the defense played great like last night and they've had other games where it's been the opposite like Washington where the offense was out of control and the defense played like crap. Once they finally put it together, look out. 
And, and again, miss me with all the, uh, no, they're finding ways to win. Think back to like the 90s Cowboys, the Niners, the Packers, the Patriots. They go through three quarters sleepwalking and it looks like they were going to lose the game. All of a sudden something clicks in the fourth quarter and they're walking away with a win. Good teams find ways to win. And over the course of the past two years plus, this team has found ways to win. That's not fluky. That's not lucky. That means, and say what you want, because I I saw a lot of people, and I've talked about this before, a lot of people on Twitter, TikTok, and a lot of my social media hating on Nick Sirianni. They hate him. He's a punk. He's this. He's that. Because he's cocky and he's arrogant. And I've said it before. I, I would hate him if he was not our coach. But he is our coach. And I think we're finally, we're turning into that team that I always hated as a kid, but I love being in this position where people are trying to just pick us apart, pick us apart, and, and say, oh, you're not lucky with this. You got lucky with that. Guess what? We're a damn good team. It's not lucky. They're finding ways to win. They're, they're, they're make, taking advantage of mistakes the other teams are making that they're forcing them into making. The interception and the, the, the fumble by Kelsey, the, the team, the Eagles defense forced them into that. So miss me with the whole lucky this, that, and the other thing. They are a good team that takes advantage. And they have yet to play their best game yet. Uh, tough game coming up again on Sunday against Buffalo uh, on a shorter week. But looking forward to heading down to that game. Uh, but Hurts, like I said, he did what he had to do when he had to do it. That's what good quarterbacks do. That's what future champion quarterbacks do. They take advantage. Like Peyton Manning for years didn't take advantage of things when it mattered the most. Um, you never really heard about Peyton Manning leading comebacks. Tom Brady, Joe Montana, those are the guys that led the comebacks. Jalen Hurts did when he played one of just terrible, absolutely terrible. Uh, didn't have time to do anything. But when the chips were on the line, what did he do? He called an audible that, that long pass to Devontae. So that is a sign of a good team. 9-1, and one, Buffalo coming up this week. Let's go. Also, real quick, last little note from uh, yesterday. I'll have more on this tomorrow as I have time to process. Uh, But is it me or do a lot of the fans, they always show after the game that travel to the away games. I feel like I'm um, I'm like in a Tupac song with... um, Every, the the I see the same hoes like I see the same fans. How do you guys afford this? Like and and how can I get on that plan? I feel like I'm doing something wrong because th- these are the same guys in Kansas City that I saw in L.A. Um, <clears throat> same guys in L.A. that we're probably going to see in Dallas. Um, so let me know what you're doing because I need to sign up for that plan and work where you're working because it's always the same guys like i'm i need to figure that out like i here manage my money so i can just travel around to eagles away games but good shit for for you guys traveling around all right so i did say it is tuesday so it is time for a little motivation and positivity and this one comes from another book i just recently finished reading and it was um the Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Um, it was actually a really, really good book. And I'm probably going to revisit some of the things they talked about. But one of the things I, I, they talked about was responsibility versus fault. Um, and a lot of people say, oh, it's your fault that this happened. It's your fault that this happened. And all of that is true. <clears throat> but your responsibility is how you deal with it. 
Um, you choose to take responsibility of it. Yeah, I mean, you get hit. You, know, you get in an accident. That's not your fault. But it's your responsibility to figure out your next steps and to fix it. Um, no one else is responsible for your situation but you. So again, somebody could be at fault for put, putting some messed up things in your life, but you need to take responsibility and fix it. Um, many people are to blame for many things in your life, but you're ultimately responsible for how you handle it. And like, so you choose how to react and to respond to it. You could fall into, oh, my car just got ruined. It, and that that's fine, but that's your responsibility. That might not be your fault, but it's your responsibility. And I thought that um, that distinction was something that really stuck out for me because even last night, um, it wasn't the Eagles' fault that they couldn't move the ball, but Jalen Hurts took responsibility and drove them down to score when they needed to score. Um, so that is today's motivation slash positivity. Hopefully you can take something with it. I do recommend that book, by the way. But there's a difference. Fault is in the past. Responsibility is in the future. So, yeah, you, you can dwell on the past and whose fault this is. And we spend a lot of time in life arguing about whose fault this, that, or the other is. But I think that the people that are the most successful are the ones that say, okay, nothing I can do about this. I'm going to take responsibility and how are we going to fix that? So if you can take something from that, <clears throat> hopefully you can on a Tuesday. All right, Sixers in action tonight against the Cavaliers down at the Wells Fargo Center in their final in-season tournament game. Uh, looking for the win there and then hopefully get some help so they can move on. Um, not sure injury status or anything like that. It was all focused on Eagles last night. Um, <clears throat> Flyers thing that I missed the other night was Nick Deloria versus Matthew Oliver in that fight. It was actually a pretty decent hockey fight, and then they just hugged it out, patted each other, and, and said, okay, we've had enough. Uh, not something you really see in hockey fights, but uh, check out the, the video if you haven't seen that yet. Getting closer to Black Friday, Christmas shopping season, go to phillygoat.com. Make it easy on yourself. Go to phillygoat.com. Check out their wide selection of Philly sports-based apparel, uh, Philly-centric-based apparel. Uh, you name it, they have it. I've talked about the Mega John shirt. I've talked about the Maximus. They still have the Believe shirts from the Phillies would be good for the kids. They have the Fanatic shirts. Just go check them out. Great stuff. Make it easy on yourself. Use the promo code Jim Montgomery for 10% off of your order. That's phillygoat.com. Promo code Jim Montgomery for 10% off of your order. While you're at it, need to get something for the people at the office, Go to carcan.com. Uh, it's, a, it's a trash can. It's storage. It's a cooler. They have all kinds of organizational items for your car. Check it out. It's great. Like I said, a car can for Sally in accounting is perfect. The more you buy, the cheaper shipping is, the cheaper the, the rate is. And if you go now, Jim Montgomery 20 off promo code for 20% off your order. That's carcan.com. Promo code Jim Montgomery 20 off for 20% off your order. Again, hit Sally in accounting, Judy in marketing, uh, Bob in uh, wherever Bob works. Uh, but go to carcan.com. Use the promo code Jim Montgomery 20 off for 20% off of your order. All right, Phillies news. Um, and I was trying to go say a stat yesterday and I got it wrong. So I was able to correct it. Um, Nola wins 77% of the time 
when the Phillies score two or more runs or two more than two runs for him. And that's what I was trying to say. So if you give the guy run support, he's going to win games for you. Uh, some other stats about that contract. Uh, if he pitches at least one game a year um, throughout the, the life of the contract, he'll be 37. But he will have pitched 16 years with the Phillies. It'll be the second most years ever played with the Phillies behind Mike Schmidt at 18. Uh, it'll be the most by a pitcher. Uh, Steve Carlton owns that with 15. So kind of some um, rarefied air here for Nola. And I, I think we're, we're lost in the whole seven years and, and have the sour taste from the postseason. But he's been a pretty consistent part of the Philadelphia Phillies organization. And with his contract will be. Um, so I, I, I still think it's pretty cool. I mean, I saw his press conference, don't know what was going on with his hair. I guess I'm just used to seeing him wear a hat, uh, that I didn't even know what his hair looked like. Um, but he, he very soft spoken guy, but he said, say he turned down more money or I read that he turned down more money to stay with the Phillies because he wanted to be here. He talked about wanting to win the world series. Um, and just how much this meant to him. He wanted to test free agency just to see what it's like, but he really never had any intentions of leaving, um, which you got to like something like that. Um, so welcome home, I guess, Aaron Nola, and you're here for the long haul. Let's go get that World Series. Uh, I did read conflicting reports uh, whether the Phillies were still in on the, the Japanese pitcher Yamamoto uh, they sent him uh, that Bryce Harper was trying to recruit him. So what, I don't know if they'll have the money, if that's something they're still interested in. Again, I saw conflicting reports on that. Uh, but as we, we get more on that, we will continue down that road. All right, shifting gears. We're going to go back to 2003 today. And on this day in 2003, it actually would have already happened. Villanova beat Temple 73-48, but the story wasn't the game. It was the fact that tip-off was at 12.01 a.m., and I remember this very, very vividly. So Temple and Villanova agreed to play on November 21st. Um, the reason they pushed it up is because it was the first available time, 12.01, that you can play a regular season game that's not one of those exhibition games against, like, American and some of those uh, smaller, uh, the whatever schools. Um, so, no, again, Nova agreed to the date, but because of suspensions due to a phone code scandal, I guess they had stolen a, a code from the university where they were making illegal long-distance calls. For those of you, like when cell phones were just starting, you used to have to pay for long-distance calls on cell phones um, and minutes and things like that. So they, they had what were called landlines for, for you younger folks out there. Uh, but somehow they, they this was like a big thing in college basketball at the time where like there was phone cards and uh, codes and things like that. I forget the exact uh, story, but... Between that and injuries, Nova would have been short because the, a lot of their players had to miss the first two games of the season or miss two games um, because of the way. It, however, it was like every, a lot of those players had to miss two games, but because of the way this, it would have left their roster, they could have staggered it somewhat. So they were playing in the Maui Invitational. So Jay Wright was like, screw this. I'm scheduling two Division three games in California before we go out to Maui. That way they can sell... Uh, serve their suspension before we play the bigger, better teams in uh, the Maui Invitational. Sounds good, I guess, except for one John Chaney was like, 
Nah, F that. He was pissed. Said, I'm never playing Villanova again. This is BS. And this was going on throughout the summer. And it took Fran Dunphy, who was at Penn at the time, to broker the deal with Bradshaw, who was the um, the AD at Temple at the time. And uh, basically they said, okay, what if we play at 12.01? It's on the, still on the same date. Nova can then take an early flight out and play their one of the Division Three games, and then everything will be fine. So I, reluctantly, uh, John Cheney agreed because, again, Bradshaw, who was the, the AD at the time, Cheney respected and was like, okay, if it wasn't for him, he wasn't going to do it. Um, so it was a sellout crowd, 12.01, after a Thursday night on Temple's campus. Um they sell alcohol at the Leah Coors Center. I'm sure people, I don't know if they were selling it that night, but people were drunk going into it. So the fans were rowdy. Nova bust a ton of fans in. Um, and earlier, in the, like in the first half, there was a full Coke bottle was thrown on the court from the Villanova student section. Well, Chaney got pissed off, grabbed the microphone, and looked like he was going to yell at the crowd. And honestly, in his the way he was, handed it to Jay, Jay Wright and said, you address it, it's your fans that are throwing it down. So Jay Wright, like a little kid who just got scolded by his dad, was like, okay, uh, and said, like, we're classier than this, blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, back to the game. It was just a sloppy game. Temple was young. Uh, it was the downward spiral of Cheney's career. Uh, they shot 10 for 40 from three-point range. It's the only stat you really need to know. Uh, but even after the game, Cheney was still pissed about the situation and said again, if it was up to me, we'd never play them again. Uh, and then he said, it seems to me they had scheduled somebody else on our date. I live by my words and always have. And that right there, ladies and gentlemen, I get asked this question all the time. Why do I hate Villanova? They're a Philly sports team or a Philly college. Um, they're good. You do a Philly sports-based podcast, yet everything is Temple. This is a prime example of one of the reasons why I hate Villanova. Just the arrogance. I still hold them responsible for Temple not getting in, getting kicked out of the Big East in the first place, and then not getting or not getting kicked out, but not getting reinstated when they wanted to come in as a full-fledged member. Uh, for years, Villanova was like, no, we're not letting them in for basketball. Part of that, I know, was Cheney loving the A-10. But this is a prime example of where my hatred for Villanova comes from. They're arrogant. But on this day, back in 2003, Villanova beat Temple 73-48 at the Leah Coors Center in a game that started at 12.01 a.m. Um, and it, it, it just hot mess. Hot mess expressed the whole way through. All right. Time for today's Phillies most disappointing athlete. Today it's going to be a very easy one because he was only here for a year, but so much into that one year. And that is running back DeMarco Murray. Signed a five-year, $42 million contract in 2015. Thanks a lot, Chip Kelly. Um, this was after Chip Kelly had traded Shady. Um, and so this whole situation was bizarre. Apparently the Eagles had a contract with uh, Frank Gore in place. He backed out of it, apparently, because they Chip Kelly traded Nick Foles. Apparently, Frank Gore wanted to play with Nick Foles. Once they traded him, he's like, no, I'm not coming. So then like a day later, they signed Ryan Matthews, which I remember that whole situation was, was shady. They brought him in, were ready to sign him, made him wait. Once Gore, like it was, The whole thing was bizarre. And then a couple days later, they signed DeMarco Murray, who was coming off a career year, 392 carries, 
1800 over 1800 yards 13 touchdowns um and he was only 26 at the time and he was the offensive player of the year but then the workload was just, I guess, too much. He came in, only ran for 702 yards, six touchdowns, 3.6 yards per carry. He was just terrible that year for the Eagles. Nothing went right. I mean, Matthews was able to run um, for the Eagles. Darren Sproles was able to run for the Eagles. DeMarco Murray just could not do anything. Howie ended up, once he took over, was able to trade him and a fourth-round pick for another fourth-rounder with Tennessee. Um Notice how he started his his schneid of Tennessee even way back then. Uh, but hands down, I think DeMarco Murray is in the top three of worst Eagles free agents ever. Um, hard to to think of many that are worse, free agent signings anyway, that are worse than DeMarco Murray. Uh, but today's Philly sports most disappointing athlete, running back DeMarco Murray. All right. On this day, back in 2003, Villanova beat Temple 73-48 in a game that tipped off at 12:01. Time for today's question of the day. It came out yesterday that Chase Utley is on the Hall of Fame ballot. I guess they'll vote and the announcement will be made in January. Has a very compelling case. Uh, if you rank him against second basemen that are already in, very similar to J-Roll, uh, Bobby Abreu is on there. Uh, on the ballot as well. But the question for today, is Chase Utley a Hall of Famer? Let me know. Uh, leave a comment wherever you are. Make the case if you want to give me stats to support it or, or go against it. Uh, but that's the question of the day. Is Chase Utley a Hall of Famer? Um, doesn't matter if it's first ballot or 20th ballot. Is he a Hall of Famer? Will he get in at some point in his career? Good win by the Phils. I mean, good win by the Eagles. The Phils did not play. Uh, good win by the Eagles. I'm still tired, and I had to do this three times because the mic stopped working. So hopefully this sounds and it comes out. But good win by the Eagles. We are 9-1, and one, and that is no fluke. Bring on Buffalo uh, home. It's a Kelly Green game. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a rainy, crappy day here in the area. Uh, so it's a good day to go do some online shopping at CarCan as well as Philly Goat. Remember to use those promo codes. The links are in the description. This has been This Day in Philly Sports History on a Victory Tuesday, a Motivation Positivity Victory Tuesday. Remember, don't blame people. Take responsibility for your life and things will get better. Go have yourselves a Tuesday. I'm Jim Montgomery. And until next time, I'll see you when I see you.